What is going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down, episode number 68.4. And we are continuing our playthrough of Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age. And today I have with me Matt. Hello. So, yeah. Before we get started, I want to read off an email. This is an email coming from Jamie, and it is in regarding to last week's email where Chad asked us to do some predictions for the ending of this game. Some of the most fun that I think we've had on some of these podcasts are finding out how poorly our predictions pan out. How wrong we are. <laughs> Jay started that trend, and yeah. every time he's on, he likes to ask us questions and see how wrong we really are. Yeah, it's fun. So, uh, Jamie's email to answer all these questions said, I thought I'd send in my answers to Chad's questions just to let you know where I am in the game. I haven't yet entered the still shrine of Miriam. I think that's what you, what it's called. Uh, so not too terribly far ahead of where you guys left off in the last podcast. My answers aren't as good as yours. I've clearly been paying more attention to my fantasy romances than the <laughs> big picture po politics of the game. So first question, who ends up together? This may be a surprise because I've been uh, shipping the characters, but I don't actually think anyone is going to end up together. I see Vaughn and Pinello staying together, but I don't know if it will be a romantic sense or just because they are friends. I think that Chad said that Bosch was kind of like Obi-Wan. Uh, shudders because of that. Uh, and I think of, and I kind of agree that he has too much of that mentor vibe, so I can't see him hooking up with Ash. I would really love to see Ash and Balthier, and that whole bit with him taking her ring would be a good setup for it, but he's not going to be a prince king, and I can't see her leaving her duties behind to stay, to be a sky pirate, pirate's wench. I'm interested in the fact that Vaughn was able to see Ash's husband, but I don't think it means that he will end up with her or that he's a royal. Maybe he's just considered worthy to wield the power as well. Maybe like a Thor's hammer sort of deal. Number two, how many judges? I have no idea. Because it has uh, to do with Zodiac-type monsters, etc., uh, maybe there is a judge per Zodiac sign. I don't know how many Zodiac signs is this game has though so like 12 i haven't a clue i honestly haven't been paying attention to the judges uh i do wish they were in it more yeah number three Still. the real bad guy i think vane is the bad guy or one of several smaller bad guys i don't think there will be one big bad that will show up at the end could be just a perfect storm of a bunch of smaller people fighting for control I think that the narrator is going, also going to be a bad guy. Maybe he's telling his story as an old man from prison. Andor? Yeah. Hmm. Number four, characters who might turn on you. I don't think anyone is going to turn on the team. No, no intentional betrayals, I mean. I can see Ash being overtaken by power and maybe doing something that the others don't agree with. Number five, Larsa Trustworthy. Absolutely, I think he is totally innocent and good. He is naive and in for some big surprises, and maybe he could pull an ash as per previous question, but right now, I don't think he's a bad guy. He's blinded by his admiration of his older brother, perhaps, but a good kid, I think. That's what he wants you to think. Mm. 
Who is going to die? Hmm. Maybe Bosch? I doubt it. I think all our party members are going to make it out of this. I could see Vaughn or Pinello biting it at the end, but maybe, but unlikely. Number seven. I wonder if this Final Fantasy is farther, is far further in the future than the other Final Fantasy games. That's why all the old summons were captured and the, and their new magic was made to run the ships. Is this some post-apocalyptic world? I don't know. As all my answers have gone so far, I'm not really getting deep into the story for some reason. Maybe I'll get more into it as we go. Happy ending? Yeah, I think it will mostly be a happy ending. I don't think anyone is going to die, and I think they will probably get all their outcomes. I can see Bosch having to forget his revenge in order to uh, do the right thing and help Ash become queen or something, but that's still a pretty happy ending. It might not be all sunshine and lollipops, because war will likely break out in the process, but I can see it having a pretty good resolution. Okay, there's my not-so-exciting answers. Hope to see a much more colorful answer to each of these, Jamie. Okay, so there's... Jamie's predictions on what may or may not happen. Uh, we will probably get more into that today. So the last thing we left off on, I am hazy on because I can't remember where we left off. I thought it was right when we were heading into the Henny Mines. Was that what it was or did we make it past that? We hadn't made it to the jungle yet. Uh, I yeah. don't think because that's where I got. S- no, it took me a long time to beat that first boss in the jungle. We went to the jungle. We got we got a, a big ward that wouldn't let us pass. We then went to Franz people, and we got something that we still don't know what that was because I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, it was the tear, the something tear, the something tear. And then we're now able to go through the jungle into basically going to Mount Burra Amasachi, maybe? Um, maybe. Burra Amasachi. Okay. Um, so you fought a boss in the forests? In the the Elder Worm? I didn't touch that. I didn't even I didn't even see anything like that. Because there was T- Tiamat, who was in the mines. Yeah, we beat that. And then the next boss I had to fight was the Elder Worm. I have never seen an Elder Worm. It just kind of looked like a dragon with a ring around its neck? No. Oh, this is the one. He would always do this move called Sporefall that would infect every one of my characters with every single debilitation that you can have. I definitely didn't run into this thing. It was painful. I didn't think you could not fight it. Maybe I made a wrong turn at Albuquerque. But Mm, I, um, I went through the jungle and ended up in a plain looking area that had enemies that were one-shotting my characters. So <laughs> I ran away from them and went up to the left and then ended up in the uh, the, the, the the snowy area. 
Yeah, the, the Parameter Rift. Yes. And I traveled through the Parameter Rift and then made it to Mount the mountain place. Hmm. Yeah, I did all that, but it was basically all right after the Elder Worm. So uh, I, I spent a lot of the time that I was playing in this last week grinding. So I had to grind quite a bit to beat this Elder Worm. And then because I thought maybe I was a little behind while I was in the Rift and while I was in the next section, the Still Shrine, I've spent a lot of my time just kind of making loops. I um, I swear I did not fight this boss you're talking about, this worm. I seriously think I just skipped it by going into a place I shouldn't have and then running through it. Hmm. And then made it, I had to like traverse like a ton of this snowy area to get to the mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then made it there. I must have went around somewhere. I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah, that, that's weird that you could miss one of these. I assumed they were um, required boss fights. I'm wondering if I can go back and fight it. Huh. I don't know. I seriously never fought that thing. Yeah, it, so I... I had a bit of a nested issue. Is like I had no way to deal with all of these status effects, and I, the first time I, I got wiped out, I mean, basically all of my all of my characters were like confused, attacking each other, slow. Some were petrified. Like four or five different status effects on every character, and there just wasn't much I could do about it. So I, I had to go and kind of figure out, all right, what what do I need to do to prepare myself? And they said, well, you need the uh, you need the magic ability Asuna, which will remove all status effects from somebody. I have that. Yeah, so I didn't. So I had to go do some grinding. I spent a lot of time in this jungle and in the in the mines, just kind of looping around, going from the crystal. Wandering back through, killing 20, 30 enemies because there were, there was a fair number in this section, then healing up and I, I did that for a couple hours at least. But I had to, I had to go through and unlock the ability to use it. I had to go back to the Eriut village to go buy Asuna because I didn't actually have it. Uh, then I had to, yeah, I figured it was going to have to go on Ash because she's my white mage. But she didn't have it unlocked, so I had to grind a little bit more to make sure that I could unlock the ability for her to use it. Um, then I decided that I needed <laughs> I needed a whole lot more gambit slots for Ash because she's one of my least used characters up until this point. That's totally flipped now. She's she's an integral part of my core three team now. I do not go into a fight without a white mage on my team, and that's Pinello. Yep, well, I was using Penelope as my red mage, but she had a little bit more of her gambits fleshed out, and she was healing me more. I had her set to do, you know, curing superficially, but then if anybody gets dangerously low, do a cura and cure everybody. So, she, and she was also able to deal damage, whereas Ash really wasn't as a dedicated white mage. So, I had been using Penelope up to this point, uh, and I wanted to flesh out Ash. So, I just I spent so much time like opening up the slots, getting her Asuna. Then I wanted to give her three or four more Gambit slots so that, you know, each individual um, status ailment would trigger her to heal them. Right. So just all this time of leveling up, 
Uh, and, you know, as I mentioned in the last episode, I had a few characters that were quite underleveled. Bosch still is, but Ash was one of them as well. So I had to spend some time bringing her up to speed and all, all just because I really had no other way to deal with uh, to deal with this elder worm. Also, I had to get her uh, one particular item, a rose corsage, which I had, but again, I didn't have the ability for her to use it unlocked. Mm-hmm. And that was to prevent silence, silence. because yeah. <laughs> if I've got my one white mage who can heal everybody else, I can't have her unable to cast spells. So all of these things I, I needed all required time, each one of them. So uh, I spent a lot of time preparing for this uh, elder worm fight. So, In the end, it ended up not too terribly hard after I had all that stuff ready and I had gone up five levels or so. So what level – let's just say from where you stopped this recording, what level are your characters probably? Uh, max of about 33. Wow. And a minimum of 23, okay. I would say. Well, most of my characters are around 24, 25, and they're all pretty much the same level. <laughs> um. The boss fight that you're going to come up to that you haven't got to just yet, you may have no problem with it. It seems like when I come to a boss fight now, that boss is probably about three or four levels higher than me. And I'm having, I'm having, it's a boss fight, you know. It's basically, it's not easy, but it's not terribly hard. Yes. It's, it's more of a battle of, uh, who can kill faster? And so that's, and that's the one thing that is is getting me about this game, which I mean we can go ahead and get into. Um, I feel like your mages, my black mage is useless almost. Yep. I, yeah, I've got uh, Fran as my black mage. I don't. I've set her up to do a couple of specific spells. To say, I've got three or four gambits set up to say if they're weak to fire, use fire, water, use water, to try and exploit some of that black mage potential, but uh-huh. I don't, I haven't been using her all that much, so she hasn't had as much opportunity maybe as I could give her, but when when I am using her, all I see her do is firing arrows, so I don't know that, I don't know that I have her gambits quite worked out, but all that being said, yeah, she hasn't done much in the, uh, the magical persuasion. And I just feel like I am relying on physical attacks for most of the stuff. I'm sitting there just wailing on an enemy until they die. And then having my white mage just constantly healing. Yep. I also don't have any of my mages set up to do buffs all that well. So I've got, uh, Pinello is, is casting protect basically on everybody. Yeah. Not usually the party leader, but that's about it. I don't have anything else like regen or any other spells being cast sort of at the beginning of any fights. Or, I mean, I could go in and do it myself manually, but I don't have any of that stuff kind of programmed into the gambits yet. I think haste would be a good one to use. Um, cause I have been pretty much getting all of my characters trying to get all my characters on the license board to their quickenings as fast as I possibly can. Um, and kind of ignoring the rest. Uh, the quickenings are not quickenings, uh, not quickenings. Uh, um, uh, quickenings are the, the special abilities. The God, what is it called? It's, it's a node that gives you 10% faster 
time on the time on the the time bar. Yeah, basically like a haste license. Yeah, what is it called? It's not quickening. It's I don't know. I can't remember. Um, yeah, the quickenings are useless to me. The actual quickenings. The actual quickenings, and I've never used a summon. I still haven't. I haven't used one since our last recording. I've, I've tried one or two quickenings before that. Uh, to be honest, I was just grinding. I figured when I get to a boss, maybe this next boss, I'll actually take some time. I'll, I, all I want to do is spend five minutes, Google it. How, how do they work? Because I don't even know how they work. Uh, I, I'd like to use them because I've unlocked a few. So my at least my core three or four characters all have quickenings unlocked. I just haven't actually played with them yet. How many quickenings have you got them unlocked? One each except for Vaughn, who has two. Okay. You need to get more than one. Um, because it's all about like training them together. And the more slots you have, you can use like level one quickenings. You can use level two quickenings, which takes up two slots or three quickenings. Now, the level two and three do more damage than the one. But if you do one and then train it with another one and then another one, you can do three in a row of level ones. And then during that time, you can also train other party members that are that are ready to use their quickenings too. Yeah. And on this last boss that I did that you haven't done yet, uh, I trained a five quickenings together. Oh wow! And it triggered a special attack. So if you chain a certain amount of quickenings together, depending off the level one, two, three, whatever, you can do a kind of like a finisher move. And I did that, and it took off fatality. No. It took off, uh, so let's say the health bar is clear across the screen. It took off maybe an inch of the health bar. And I was like, well, that was, <laughs> that was absolutely useless. But colorful and pretty. Yeah, that's, that's about it. And I was just like, come on. This is, you know, a limit break supposed to mean something. Yeah, that was my problem. The, the, the two times that I've done quickenings, they did almost no damage. And I just assumed, well, I just don't know how to do it. And once I figure it out, this will be awesome. But at the moment, I'm missing whatever I need to be charging or whatever I need to be doing during the quickening to make the damage output worthwhile. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, yeah, so you killed a boss that I didn't even look at. Um, Awful spore fall. Man, that was annoying. I haven't, I'm going to try to avoid this fight then, if that's the case. (laughs) Because bosses don't even give you experience points. They just give you a bunch of LP. So I have no need. But, um, yeah. Uh, go through the, the Panera Rift. <laughs> uh, Panorama Rift. Uh, the snowy area, I should say. And then we make it up to the mount. Burr, burr, Mount Burr. I'll call it, let's call it Mount Burr. It's kind of weird how you go from the mountain the first time into the or from the from the jungle into the Pyramid Rift because it's just it's there's no halfway. It's just you're just thrown into Hoth basically out of nowhere. Yeah, you leave a jungle and immediately go into. An icy, wintry place. 
Which is a little weird. I mean, we talked about this, I think, on the first recording, how it doesn't feel quite as connected as it might. I mean, because it's an older game, there's a lot of there's a lot of loading in between different sections of the same area. But this kind of awkward transition also doesn't help it feel like one connected world when it's just jungle level onto snow level. Yeah, doesn't doesn't make it feel quite as real as it should since the world is is part of what this game is kind of staked on, right? It's this Ivalice, and there's a lot of games set in this world, so it should feel like a good good world. Well, and then you make it to the mountain, and you go up to the top of the mountain, and there's no snow. Yeah. And I'm like, what the crap? <laughs> so, I don't know. So we make it up to the top of the mountain, and we're going to meet with... Larsa says he's going to go meet with a friend of his, and... He's not there just yet, but we go talk to like this telekinetic ancient guy who talks to us via mind thought. Yeah, until he decides to actually start speaking. Yeah. And so, um, Ash is. Yeah, they there. call him the, the Grand Kiltius. The Grand Kiltius. So Ash shows, you know, she starts talking to the guy, and he's like, well, uh, she's she's saying that she wants to to stop the rest of the shards, and um, it seems like this this Grand Keltius guy is like, I don't know if you should do this. Yeah, he's basically like the Pope. I guess he's a religious leader, but he basically says, "Oh, you want to fight fire with fire?" Typical Hume child. Yes, he's like, you don't understand what you want to do. And I don't think it's a good idea to do that. And so she tries to convince him that I need something to stop the Nethysite. And so there just so happens to exist something that can destroy Nethysite. But before we get into that, Lars's friend shows up. I like how he pats him on the head like he's a child. (laughs) Yeah, so... This guy shows up. He looks he, he looks like what does he look like? He looks like um I don't know, like a, some kind of like rich, well-to-do young 20-year-old wearing sunglasses. And he has Yeah, a- I thought him and Balthier would be ha- would would hang out and pal around. Yeah, they he has an entourage with him. Yeah. But uh when he introduces himself is is it Al Sid? Yeah. Al Sid Al Sid Margrace. Yeah. Who is I guess the prince? Yeah, so he's almost like Larsa's equivalent from the other country. Yeah. Rosaria. Rosaria. And uh, he speaks with kind of like what sounds like a French accent. Yeah. And uh, he's um, he's there to basically tell his side of the of what's just going on, his story. And uh, basically tries to tell Ash, look, whatever you're thinking of doing is probably the bad thing. You guys set up this resistance, and now you think you want to take over the throne. And if you do that, 
uh, it's been too long since they've announced that you have been dead. Nobody's going to believe you. You have no <laughs> you have no proof that you are who you say you are. And my country is going to see this as a weakness and then begin to invade you guys. And of course, Lars is like, "Well, we don't. We just want peace." You know, my my dad is not going to sit around and and start a war with you guys. He's like, I'm sorry, but your dad's not in charge anymore. We just got word that your dad has died, which is weird because that comes like seconds after they show you that other really really cool cutscene. That's right. I forgot to mention that. So Vane has showed back up in the uh, in the capital of. Um, of uh, the the God, the empire uh, the Arcadian Arcadia. Senate Arcadia yeah Arcadia so um he uh he shows up yeah it's interesting because it, it it cuts back and forth like you, you spend you know when you get up to the top of the mountain you have that scene with the Kiltius then it cuts to this scene in Arcadia then it cuts back to um to the mountain and I, I have no idea how this guy El Cid got word so quickly but it seems like these things are happening simultaneously I don't think they are I think yeah. it's basically him telling what's going on um, but yeah they, they show uh, Vane showing back up at, in the capital he's talking to his dad and he it seems like they're arguing and then all of a sudden, the uh, the king's dead. Um, so we get this. We, so let's start with the cutscene with the king. Uh, yeah, it's a little weird the way it cuts. It's not. It's not quite as cinematic right in the beginning of this as it could be. Yeah. So the king is dead, uh, laying there dead, and the judges come in. Vane's there. And uh, there's, you know, Vane's basically is like, okay, it's settled. I'm, I'm the, I'm the new king now. Yeah, I'm the emperor. Let's go. And uh, some of these judges are not liking this. Um, Specifically, the uh, the female judge, yes, Drace. Drace is not liking this at all. And she's like, no, no, this is, this is wrong. You killed your murderer. Yeah, you killed him. There's, that's all there is to it. Nobody saw him kill him. And you are under arrest. <laughs> and you're under arrest, and she pulls her sword on him, to which another judge uh, says, he is the law, and you just drew his sword, your sword on him. You are now going to be arrested. Yeah, it's a pretty good scene, because as she's like confronting Vane, she talks to one of the other judges. Uh, their names are all ridiculous. His yeah. name was Zargaboth. And she's like, surely you're not gonna gonna sit by and let this happen. And he's basically just like, eh, we don't want Rosaria to invade. We need somebody strong. So, Vane's it. And so Vane's like, well, you've been tried already, and you've been found guilty. So time to be executed. So, um, uh, the. Next, I mean, they have a big fight. She, she, you know, she's ready, yeah, she, she's ready to attack somebody. And yeah, then, she tries to attack the guy who came up behind her, Bergen. 
Yeah. And then um, he throws her on the ground. And then she uh, seems a little surprised, saying he's inhuman. Yeah, so strong is almost inhuman. And uh, he's uh, the Balthier's, not Balthier, um, Bosch's brother, twin brother. Gil Brown is there, and he is ordered to kill her. Yeah, Ex- basically. Basically, Vane calls out Galbrant. So that was another cool, like, power struggle moment that I really liked. Vane says, I'm in charge now. You've been spying on me to my father. Basically, I don't know if I trust you. So prove yourself to me and finish her off. And as he leans in to get ready to kill her, she tells him, no matter what you do, keep Larsa safe. And then he kills her. Yep. And then you get basically what I assume is the setup where Vane tells the other two, uh, Zargaboth and Bergen, to take a ship and go secure Larsa and bring him right back to, right back here. Yeah. So that was, that was intense. Yeah. So Larsa is kind of shocked to hear this news. Um, and now they've realized that there's nothing really holding the Empire back. They have two Nethysites, and they are now gathering their fleets and getting ready to use the Nethysite if necessary. So Ash is now determined, saying, look, I need, I need the weapon. I need the weapon that can destroy Nethysite because these guys are going to use it to take over the world basically and so the um the the psychomantis guy <laughs> decides to speak with his mouth this time and tells us okay the uh the sword of the king is that what's called yep uh, pretty generic name as far as they go yeah the sword of the king is in a shrine that is south of here it is the only weapon known to be able to destroy Nethysite. And it was sealed off for a reason, guys. Once again. He, he makes one comment that I'm not sure that I quite remember. He made some comment about, like, I don't know why your ancestor would entrust this powerful sword to... I guess who was the grand kiltiest of that time instead of to his own kin. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure. That, that, that's what I, that's what I thought it said, but I, it may, I may not have caught the, it correctly. Yeah. So I don't know if that like was foreshadowing of anything or indicative of anything that happened in the past. And at first I was thought, thinking, Oh, maybe there's something wrong with the, royal bloodline and there's some shadowy backstage story about how she shouldn't obtain these or yeah. you know contributing to the idea that she shouldn't can obtain this power right so Larsa leaves the party goodbye one of the best healers in the game yep and just <laughs> even if he was almost useless just having that fourth yeah and because so- this next section feels so much slower uh, yeah, it can be. So we... 
Got a plane flying by? Yeah, I got a train coming by. <laughs> oh. Um, so, yeah, um, we now have to go back through the snowy, snowy area, to which I then took another wrong turn at Albuquerque and ended up um, running into some guys at a save station or a save point saying, oh, you're looking for this place? You need to go back the opposite way. You went the wrong way. <laughs> and I was like, great. So I had to run back through it again. And I was like, where the hell do they want me to go? That's, that was the thing. I was like, I, I don't know where these people want. They, they say south. I went south, and now it says I went the wrong way. What? <laughs> and so uh, there was one little area that I didn't see that then circles around. See, that's the thing that gets me about these maps is that they they have a line saying from here it ends up here, but defying defying physics often. Yeah, and and so there's there's parts where a line will circumvent another part of the map and say it's it actually ends up over here. And I'm like, what? I, what is this? They did have a map for sale, but it was very expensive. Yeah, I'm not spending money on a stupid map. I'm going to be traveling this entire thing. I'll fill it out my damn self. <laughs> so. Eventually make it to the, the still shrine of Miriam. Yep. I like that I like that name too, just the still shrine. Um as uh, I've never heard that as a term, if that's a generic term. What is a but still I like the still shrine? Uh, I don't think it is anything necessarily. I just like the idea of it sounding more abandoned. The uh, well, the thing is, it's not really a bandit because there's people always standing outside of it. Yeah, two people just standing there for no discernible reason whatsoever. Doesn't really seem like they're waiting for anybody. Yeah, they're just hanging out here. They're not vendors. They're not. They're not. You know, here buy my wares before you go into this dangerous place. No, it's just they're just hanging out. Yeah, I saw that, and I just I I, I did actually pause for a minute, and I'm like, is there a vendor around here? Is there there's not even like a chocobo, so they they weren't just passing by. Like, they just seem to have holed up in the absolute middle of nowhere. I guess maybe they're caught between. They can't go into the shrine because it's full of monsters. They can't go back into the rift because it's full of monsters. So, just gonna starve to death right in the doorstep. I guess so. So going into the still shrine, um, jeez, there's it's another puzzle dungeon. Uh, you have to have equipped the Dawn Shard. Now, the Dawn Shard raises your magical resistance up really high, but mm-hmm. then it brings your magic, your MP down to zero. Which is why I had it on Bosch, because he, he's not doing anything magical anyway. That's, I got it on Vaughn. Vaughn is not a magic person at all. So, um,. I had Vaughn doing it, and if you touch things without the Dawn Shard on, the zombies show up, and these zombies are kind of strong. And so... And I fought literally hundreds of them. Yeah. Because the game didn't tell you to equip the Dawn Shard. It told you this, you know, dumb thing of like... I don't know. It It was a riddle. And I was like, I don't know what this means. I was like, does it mean I have to be Ash because she's royal bloodline? And nope. Yeah, I thought maybe I had to give Ash the Dawn Shard at first. 
Yeah, to which I did. Now my black mage has zero MP. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's useless. So I give it to Vaughn. And then when you give them, if you take the Dawn Shard off of her, she doesn't get her all her MP back. still a zero. So I had to go back to a save point, get my MP back, and then run back. Really annoying crap. So... Yeah, I wish there was one more save point within this dungeon, too, because I spent... Like I said, this was another point where I spent a lot of time grinding, and uh, I spent probably hours with multiple characters dead just because I didn't want to waste the Phoenix Downs to revive them, but couldn't get back to a save point. <laughs> Ash doesn't have rays for you yet? She does, but I... Basically, I was I had been in this dungeon so long, going back and forth... That all of my characters were out of MP. So I don't know what I have equipped, if I have something equipped or if I've unlocked something in a license board, but every step that I take generates MP for my mages. Mm. I think I had that on one of them, but I mean, some of these, like Ray's, I don't know, it was taking so much MP and just all the healing, I, I don't know, I was... I was How much MP does it weak. take? Uh I don't know, sixteen, eighteen. Oh wow. Mine's like eleven. It was eleven? <laughs> yeah. I'll give, granted I may have a reduced channeling cost or whatever mm. on the board. But yeah. Yeah, I mean I I was fine in this section until I started to run out of MP and have characters down and didn't want to use all my items to remove all the status effects, so over time I just kind of, my party got worn out, and I had to finally trek my way back up to the front of this whole uh, dungeon, but yeah, yeah, yeah I, I spent quite a lot of time in here. So the thing that we're trying to do is get these three statues to turn and look a certain way, basically look down a hallway and um, when you make it to them you can rotate them a certain amount of times and get them to look down a certain hallway, which then all leads to this giant statue in the middle of the shrine that has a sword in its place. And you're trying to make it raise its sword so you can walk up under it. So that's what we're doing, is basically running around trying to find these statues so we can rotate them. Just a hint of some of the God of War games. You know, yeah. giant statues and trying to move them out of the way. Yep. So we, uh, you you did all but three of them, or did you 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 had to fight a boss and then you could do the third one? Yeah, I did two of the three. Okay. And I fought that the first boss. I still need to fight the second boss and turn the last shrine and then do whatever I have to do to get out of this dungeon. Oh, wait a minute. So, which which boss did you fight? I fought the one called Viniscar. Okay, he was guarding the third um the third statue. Ah, uh, yeah, as soon as I beat him, I went back and saved and okay. that's where I ended. All right, so yeah, all you got to do now is fight the last boss, which is if you use the teleport thing, it takes you right there, basically, to where he's at, and just where that where that uh, it's like a nightmare, but it's not the horse. Yep, 
Yeah, yep. right there. Uh, his his sword is up now, so you can just run right past those guys and go to the boss. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. That boss was a pushover, the, the first one. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, why is that even here? Yeah, the only issue with my guys getting all slowed down, apparently, because they had metal on. Yeah, see, I didn't. I used two mages and uh, Vaughn, who's wearing he's wearing light armor because he's a shikari. Mm, nice. So yeah, nobody got slowed on that one. Um, now the the next boss gave me a little bit of trouble. May not give you any trouble, but it definitely gave me some. Uh, do you want to talk about that or no? Uh, yeah, you can go ahead. You sure? I mean, that, that finishes up this section. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight him later tonight. Uh, this one is a another Esper. It is a um. Oh, the second Esper, right? Yeah, this is this is the second Esper that we have to fight. I guess there's certain Espers that are optional that you can get. Um, but this one we have to go through. Uh, and it's God. What is the name of this thing? Matthias, Matthias. Mateus, Mateus the Corrupted, is what it's called. Yep. To which I'm like, why are we getting summons that sound evil? <laughs> and this goes into my point that I said last week, and it's it's almost it's almost solidified at a cutscene after we beat this boss. I don't know if we if you well I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, don't don't spoil that cutscene because that sounds important. Okay, I I I think I think we're the villains here, Matt. Like mm. I, I mentioned it last week when when Chad brought it up. Yeah, I think I think we very may very well be the bad guys in this situation, unintentionally bad guys. Yeah, Vaughn's so innocent. Yeah, I, I I really I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm completely wrong here, but or maybe it's just that left up to interpretation. Hmm. Maybe maybe at the end of the game it won't tell you if you're a bad guy or not. But to me, it feels like we're bad guys in this situation. And you and I will mention it on the next episode why I feel that way. But yeah, that's that's where we ended at. Um. It doesn't seem like that much, but I, I, I did spend a lot of time grinding. I spent so a lot. I, I mean, this was a, a while. Yeah, it feels like it was only two or three sections, but it was... It was a couple of tough... Well, really only one tough fight for me, that Elder Worm. Yeah. And I didn't even fight it, so... I did something wrong, apparently. So let's go to our emails. Uh, we've got one from Jamie saying, Hi guys, as expected, I haven't got too far in the game this week. But I'm still just a step ahead. Oh boy, are things starting to get interesting. Okay, I barely... That's what I like to hear. Yeah. Okay, I barely know what's going on. I think this is a result of either all the grinding and hunting, or maybe because of how big the world is and how much traversing I need to do. Seems like a lot... Seems like so long between cutscenes. Also, this is kind yeah. of, of a complex story and maybe too deep of a world of world building. Yeah, I, I I would make that same point. I mean, that's essentially what I meant when I said that it could use a little bit more of the judge cutscenes. But I think that goes for for a lot of it, actually. I think that 
is a good point that there's so much traversal. I haven't really done any hunts, but I've done a lot of grinding. Uh, and those things slow down the story bits so much that it it's hard to get a cohesive thread through it. Right? Like, it's it's simple enough to say my immediate goal is to go get the sword. Yeah. All right. And I know that I need to use that sword to help stop Arcadia. But I, I don't know. So Some of the nuance of the story and some of the – a lot of the threads. Like, there's not a lot of threads intertwining, I think, that that would make a nice tight story. Like, so many of our characters, when they do that kind of round robin, why are you going, it's all – almost pointless. Ah, oh, I want to feel better about my life or ah, oh, like I got I got chests that need to be plundered. Like no. that that's not a story. That's that's the absolute bare minimum justification for getting on the plane. Like yeah. It you know, it's not it's not like early on when Bosch had like some of those cutscenes early on with Bosch were my were my favorite parts of the game because it was so clear what's happened to him how it's affected him, and what it's caused him to want to do. And most of the characters at the moment don't seem to have that drive in them. And I think that that's... I, I think when you have that as a bit, maybe a bit of a weak spot in, this, in the overall story, because not everybody can have all the drive at the same time, or it would be overwhelming, but if you couple that with... Over these last number of hours, I've had to grind a lot. Like I, I've, I've lost some of the threads of, of why these characters are even doing what they're doing, right. other than in the broad strokes. It says here, a good story is important, but one that is this spread out and is winding, and this winding is sometimes hard to follow. I just went and rewatched a cutscene on YouTube to remember why they went to Mount Burrow Morris in the first place. In watching that scene once more, I will grudgingly admit that you guys are probably right and Larsa will end up being a bad guy. It stood out when I watched it and the elder of the Jahara said that it is often those who desire Nethesite whom the yep. Nethesite itself desires. And I think I pointed that out too because they – I thought that was a bit of foreshadowing because they say that line and then the very like the very next thing or while he's saying it even is when Larsa walks up. Yeah. So to me, that's that's pretty clear. Like this is intended to foreshadow his arc. And she says, and seconds later, Larsa walks up. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. I really hope this isn't true, though, especially since the Grand Kiltus Kiltus um, said that Larsa doesn't dream of war, but then maybe he does dream of power. Mm. Anyways, I guess we went to see Gandalf about getting a blessing or something, so Ash can be a queen. And then Zoro shows up and tells that, <laughs> that even <laughs> even that won't work because the Emperor is dead. Jesus, that wasn't exactly a nice way to tell a kid his dad died. So off we go to get a sword to destroy Nethesite, I think. Poor Larsa. Yeah. Is he going to be Darth Vader? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Still Shrine was okay. Didn't have too much trouble figuring out the puzzle or fighting the bosses. I think I'm a little over-leveled at this point. I did run into a bomb later on. This isn't a spoiler because it's not part of the storyline. I thought I took the right path and got stuck at the king bomb enemy. 
I had such a hard time with it, but it looked like the only way to get where I was supposed to go. So I fought it and fought it, looked up how to fight it online, and found that some people are like level 35 plus and get, keep getting killed by it. I'm no more than level 28, I think. Yeah. I so I, I did find a bomb in this dungeon somewhere, and it was weird because it was like a hidden set of stairs that wasn't on the map. Not really. And I just went up like two very steep sets of stairs and came out onto like a little balcony where, again, as soon as I walked outside, immediately all my characters were confused. And so they're not attacking the enemies, and there's like four fire slimes and one bomb, and all my characters were dead within like six seconds. I'm glad I didn't go there. Uh, to which I tried one more time, didn't last much more than six or seven seconds, and just said... Fuck it, this isn't even on the main path. I'm not whatever's whatever they're guarding they can keep. <laughs> uh let's see here. I should have known that I wouldn't run into a minor boss that would be this difficult on a storyline, but I honestly thought that this was the only way through. Turns out I went the wrong way. After about ten game overs I managed a thirteen hit miss chain and killed the bastard, only to find out it was for all for naught. <laughs> Face palm. I guess it must have been a hunt. I better get a nice reward for that sucker. I'm a wee bit farther than you guys are stopping this week. I Just to give you something to look forward to, I've come across a big revelation and some answers to questions Chad presented with us. Can't wait to hear reactions next week. Happy gaming, Jamie. All right. Next email comes from Chad says howdy gang first of all i just want to say that i absolutely loved all your answers and the discussions to the topics last week believe it or not you actually got a few things correct as to what those things are you'll just have to wait and see i have a recap summary of each of your predictions ready for the final episode i think jamie may also be writing in with some of her predictions and i will add them as well excellent secondly i am going back to some of my story analysis summaries so for the sake of brevity let's get to it as for last week, you all didn't miss much on the story, but I do want to recap a couple of small points. Ash saw the ghost of Prince Razzler again on the bridge at Jahara, but Vaughn couldn't see him. Vaughn also clarifies that the, what he saw was King Wraithwell in King Wraithwell's tomb may have actually been his brother Rex. Which, I was a little confused by the fact that he didn't seem to know if it was his own brother. Yeah. Shouldn't even... If it was anybody else, he might not have recognized him, but shouldn't he have recognized his brother? Uh, well, in the next cutscene that you haven't seen yet, Matt, you will you will get a little bit more of that. Oh. So, okay. just hey, hold your horses. <laughs> <laughs> but he isn't sure. Okay. Uh, the scene between the three judges, uh, Gabaranth, Drace, and Zagabarath. Zargabarth. Zargabath. Okay. Back in Arcadia was an extra layer of foreshadowing, which explains why Drace acted the way she did during the flashback scene while the party is at Mount Burr or Morris. Judge Drace wasn't complaining to Gabbard that she can't believe the Emperor and Senate was complaining about to Gabbard about how she can't believe the Emperor and the Senate haven't stripped Vane of control yet. She states that Vane has already accused two of his older uh, older brothers of treason and had them executed. She states Vane is clearly killing off members of the family to take the throne. Judge, oh, shit. yeah, Judge Gabrinath basically remains silent the whole time, but Judge Zagabarath 
tells her uh, to shut her mouth. He is a very by-the-book type of individual. He tells her that she needs to be careful of the things she says. The Empire is weakened after losing their 8th fleet, and they need to uh, a unification of power, not infighting amongst leadership. Yeah, I thought he was weak. Because he even, in that same cutscene, he even objected when Vane said, you need to finish off Drace. But he objected so weakly and, and didn't follow it up. I mean, I thought it was either super political or just weak, one of the two. Yeah. All right, it says, uh, both of those points are important foreshadowing for the events that follow. As for Fran, the Viria, and the scene at the end of Goldmore Jungle, don't worry about it. It's basically padding that doesn't serve any real purpose beyond a little side character development for Fran. However, these events do further introduce the unethical and dangerous experiments from a Draclor laboratory at the Hene Mines. Beyond that, it's all yep. just filler. Back in Arcadia, Vane tells his father that the Senate must be silenced. He states that uh, they hate the House of Solidor and that they are just going to get in the way of what needs to be done for the good of the Empire. Emperor Gramus chastises Vane, saying that he commits too many ruthless acts under the assumption that it is what is best for the Empire. Vane insists that he will do whatever is necessary to keep his family in power. At Mount Boromorus, the party meets with the Grand Kiltus, which, like I said before, he is kind of like the Pope. He also kind of like the Dalai Lama and Yoda, all wrapped into one character. As Ash starts to explain why they are there, he basically tells her to shut it and that he already knows. <laughs> uh, then enters Al Cid Margrace, a member uh, and representative of uh, one of the ruling families of the Rosarian Empire. Uh, Orsa explains this is the individual he wanted Ash to meet. The Grand Kiltus and Al Cid explain uh, that the rep representatives from both empires and the resistance should be enough to stop the war and is what is intended with this meeting. But circumstances have changed. Orsa expresses that it doesn't make sense, as if Ash were to reclaim her throne and extend a peace treaty to Emperor Garmus, Larsus could persuade his father to accept it. Alcid then provides the unfortunate news that Larsus' father was recently killed, which segs into a flashback sequence in Arcadia. Arcadian flashback, the big scene. Yep. Ju Judge Gabernath enters the throne room as Senate members are escorted away under arrest. As Gabernath enters, Judge Drace, Bergen, and Zagabrath are standing over a dead Senate member as Vane is staring at his dead father behind his desk. He says he arrived in time to hear the Senate chairman confess to poisoning the Emperor before dying himself from the same poison. Bergen says that all of the Senate is complicit in the Emperor's murder. Vane agrees, saying that he has assumed all powers of the autocracy and stripped the Senate of any authority. Judge Drace basically calls bullshit and says everyone knows Vane is behind everything. Zagabarath cautions her to calm down, but she isn't having it. Judge Zagabarath tells her the Rosarian Empire could invade at any moment and that they cannot be challenging their leadership at this time. Judge Drace pulls her sword on Vane and tells him she is placing him under arrest. 
Judge Bergen then puts his sword to her back, explaining that Vane did not put himself in charge. It is the Ministry of Law that dictates that ascension. By drawing her sword on the rightful emperor, she has just committed treason. Drace then realizes that Bergen is complicit with Vane's scheming. She tries to counter Bergen, but he picks her up and throws her across the room with inhuman strength. Vane tells Zagabareth and Bergen to take the airship Alexander, find Larsa, and bring him back. Gabaranth then steps in and states that Emperor Garmus placed Larsa in his care. Vane basically states he is fully aware of what his father had ordered. Uh, Gabaranth and now is a chance for him to prove his loyalty to him. He orders Gabrath to execute Judge Drace for treason. Drace tells Gabrath that he must go through with it. Someone has to remain in position to protect Larsa. Just make it a quick, just make it a quick death. Gabrath reluctantly follows through with the execution of Judge Drace. Back at Mount Burramorris. Al Cid says Emperor Gramus probably would have brokered a peace treaty, but Vane wants the war. If Ash were to try and reclaim her throne now, Vane would just claim she is an imposter to force a battle between the Resistance and the Empire. The Grand Kiltus agrees that it is exactly what he sees in his visions. Al Cid provides a report reflecting that Vane now has now assembled the largest force of airships they have ever seen. The Grand Kiltus tells her there is one more relic left behind by the dynast king, Wraithwall, and is kept in the still shrine of Miriam. He states it is a great weapon that was left to the Grand Kiltus of Wraithwall's time for safekeeping. It is the Sword of Kings, and it can destroy Nethysite. At the still shrine of Miriam, the party reaches... Okay, I can't, I, can't, I can't read this. Yeah, no, I can't read this. This is it. That's it. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, that is as far as I can go. There's two more paragraphs basically saying what happens when you beat the last boss of the shrine and then what happens when we return to Mount Baroramars. Well, I guess we'll have to save that for next week. So we'll kick it off. Yeah. But that's it. Thank you all for the those emails. Um, oh, wait. There is one more email I forgot. So uh, I have given Assignment America uh, AFV style <laughs> and asked uh, some of our listeners to give us some ideas for bad games to cover for the next year of Phoenix Down. And Chad comes up with some great ones. Some great, horrible ones. Yes. It says, hello, gentle fellows. I would like to humbly submit my suggestions for the year of shitty-ass games. <laughs> I actually deliberated over this list for some time, making sure that the following conditions are met. Must be available on PS4, PS3, or 360. Must have a story campaign and ending. Must not be broken beyond playability. Must be readily accessible for $10 or less. Here's what I have come up with. Deadly Premonition. Yes. Two Worlds. Walking Dead Survival Instincts. 50 Cent Blood on the Sand. Duck Dynasty. Yes, it has a story <laughs> campaign. Blue wow. Estate. Leisure Suit Larry Box Office Bust. Sonnet to Hedgehog 2006. Call of Juarez the Cart Cartel. And Final Fantasy 13. <laughs> 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, that last one is not a shitty game, although some might disagree. Cough, dust, and cough. However, it might be a good one to play and discuss. Technically, the general public view uh, of that game is that it's possibly one of the worst in the series. Ah, that is not true. Uh, my honorable mentions are as follows. Alkaline's Gun. Yasi Ninja. Yasai Ninja. Duke Nukem Forever. Mm-hmm. Devil's Third. Mind Jack. Hope you guys know that you're doing what you're doing because next year's uh, sounds absolutely torturous. Happy gaming, everyone. Chad. Thank you for those. And we will definitely keep them in consideration. In fact, some of those are on our list. Blue Estate. I played Blue Estate and reviewed it. It is a PlayStation... Uh, what was the, the, the handheld... The Wii PS- stuff? Move. The Wii. Yeah, the move. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a move game, but I used a controller to control it, and you had to like aim the controller. <laughs> it was just bad, and the and the humor in that game was bad and dumb. Uh, let's see here, Fifty Cent Blow in the Sand is is just a, a dumb game, but it's not bad. I mean, it plays fine. That that might actually be a pretty good contender. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess there's a few a few good ways a game could not be good, right? It could be technically fine, but just be corny, corny and really out there. Yeah, Bull in the Sand is not a bad game. In fact, I I we we laughed our asses off at it. I played I played probably about half of that game on back when we used to live stream with my old roommates. Um, I'm sure there's a clip somewhere of us playing that game. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. We'll definitely keep those in mind. Thank you for that email. Uh, but that's it, yeah. Uh, it feels like we didn't talk that much, but, man, did I play a lot of this game this week. Yeah. How do you feel about it, Matt? Uh, I actually want to talk about this for a second. I do still feel a little bit the same way I felt last week, which is I don't understand how I can be this many hours into the game and still kind of feel like I'm at the beginning. I mean, I guess story-wise now, things are falling into place to where I don't, I no longer feel like I'm at the beginning, but gameplay-wise, I still kind of do. Acc- I mean, according to Chad and according to our fact, we're like 70% through this game, dude. Yeah, and I still haven't figured out how to do a quickening or a summon. I still don't have my gambits anywhere near where I think they should be. I haven't unlocked as much of that as I want to. Uh, I, I just, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that I just haven't even gotten around to yet. Yeah, that's, so you, you just said something that I won't say. So you, you feel like there's a lot of stuff that we haven't got into. Like you haven't filled out your gambits that much or you haven't done the quickenings, but you really want to. I would say that, except I don't really want to. I don't care. At this point, what's working is working. And it's not like I've grinded to like insane amounts of levels or I have like God tier equipment on. It's just this game is just kind of easy. Like, I, I don't know. Like I did that one. I did that one like boss before the next boss that you're gonna do, and I just 
like literally I just said Vaughn attack and the rest of my guys did their standard gambits which is attack the party leader uh, enemy and heal whenever I'm like 40% health and I I put the controller down and I'm just like I don't I, I don't like the combat in this game I find it to be mindless and unnecessary like I'd, I'd rather be button mashing than this. At least I feel like I'm doing something. Now the next yeah. boss fight that we'll talk about, I did have to do a little bit, a little bit of finesse, you know, with a few things. But it was not. It, once again, it was mainly like I was taking a back seat. The only reason why I had to do more is because this boss has the ability to heal itself, mm, and so yeah. I, I had to find a way to do a little bit more burst damage to it, which was changing out a party member. So, I mean, I was just like, uh, you know, and, it, and, and, all right, I'll, I'll tell you, Matt, the, the next boss has minions. Kill the minions first. That, that sounds, sounds like a solid logic. That, that'll, that'll be my advice to you. If you kill the minions first, then you, you probably beat this boss, at, like, in half the time I did. Cause I sat there and just said, just go for the boss, kill it, and I don't care about the minions, but the minions are what's healing it. Yeah. So, there you go. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't think I like the combat in this game. I don't mind the game. I don't mind the story. I don't mind the world. I think that it's, it's interesting. I think there's a, a little deeper layer than what we're seeing right now, but I don't know. Like it, it is going by pretty quick. I, th- I figure for a Final Fantasy game, like an older Final Fantasy game like this, that, oh man, I, we'd be 48 hours in at this point in the game, but no. Yeah. I'm like 24 at the most. So I don't know. I don't mind it. I, I think that there's definitely worse Final Fantasy games out there. So, I mean, I, it definitely does feel a little bit more hands-off. But I, isn't that probably implied by the use of a Gambit system? I mean, part of the game is, or it seems like it would be setting up your party members. Not necessarily the action of battle, but the preparation of battle. Well, I think that the the biggest thing here is because everything's real time. You know, like Final Fantasy seven VII or eight or something like that. It's it's still turn based, and this game is still kind of turn based, but yeah, it's in a real time setting where. That is so weird. Yeah, like, like you could totally just set up gambits for like Final Fantasy VII if you wanted to, if it was implemented. You know, like have have. But see, the thing is, is like you have specific classes for certain characters. While in Final Fantasy VII, Barrett could totally be a mage if you wanted him to. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, uh, I don't know what sets this game apart. I guess it's because there's no. There's no transition to battle scenes or anything like that. But I just, I, 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 like, they, they wanted to take that MMO feel and throw it in there. And it just made it kind of boring. It's all, it's, it, this, the, like, the combat in this game reminds me of just watching bars click, tick down. <laughs> if the bar, if my health bar gets a little bit too low, oh, make sure I get healed. And the thing is, is that they took the challenge out of it because they got the gambit system. 
which, you know, you could easily say, well, just don't use the gambits. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> then what's the point of having them in there to begin with? Yeah. It's, this game basically plays itself. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this game. I, I, I don't, I like everything except the combat in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still actually, again, because I don't feel like I've really exploited everything I can do in combat. I, I just, I, I guess I don't have a super strong opinion on it. I remember when I first played this and I put a lot of time into it, I loved it. Because especially at the time, and, and I guess still now, I, I like not having random battles. I liked, I mean, it did kind of contribute to it feeling more like a world where that's inhabited as opposed to just instances for battles. So I, I kind of, at the time, liked the fact that you don't transition into a battle scene. Now I, I, I don't really care either way. Uh, but I, I did really like the battle system when I first played this. And now I guess I'm, I, I feel like I'm still still searching for whether or not it clicks. Yeah. It hasn't quite clicked for me, but I feel like the pieces are there. I just, despite the amount of time I've grinded, I, I don't know. I, I've, I've most of what I've unlocked, like with my licenses and most of the way I'm playing my characters, are really just in support of what I think they should be doing. Yeah. So, like for Bosch and for Vaughn, I'm really mostly unlocking weapon and armor abilities, um, more health, more damage, you know. And then for my white mages and black mages, it's more MP, more more ways to get MP, um, you know, rods and robes. I haven't, I haven't kind of synthesized all that to make one cohesive team, yeah, which that, is what when I think this would come together the best. I feel like this game this game revolves around mages and attackers. And it's just like this is a game of warriors and mages, or wizards yeah. and warriors. Oh, look at that! <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's like because uh, if you're not a mage in my party, then you're going to be running up to it, hitting it, hitting the enemy. That's it, you know. Like because techniques are useless in this game. I, I I seriously find no technique worth getting. Like I saw one, like thousand needles. I can get a thousand needles technique on two of my characters, but all it does is do a thousand damage. I could do that in two turns. Yeah. By hitting it. You know, and I'm just like, why? So I'm just like, I, I don't see the need for that. The only thing, the only thing I use the license board for is getting more health and, and, um, swiftness. That's the freaking other no, damn it. Yeah. And, and getting swiftness. Uh, and then, I don't know, getting different types of weapons that I can equip, you know? And, and that's the thing is like, I've, like Bosch, who is my foe breaker, I got him a sledgehammer. Why should I use any other weapon? The sledgehammer has a chance to disable an enemy, which means they don't move or do anything. Yeah, I just got the sledgehammer in the shrine as well. Why in the world would I use a different weapon now? Unless it does more damage, but who cares? The, the enemy's not going to do anything except sit there now because it's disabled. So I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know what the hell I feel about this game. It's weird. Like, I don't mind it, but at the same time, I'm just kind of going through the motions. Hmm. I just, yeah. I just hope the story gets a little bit more interesting. And, and I, I'm interested in the story, but I just want to see it, see how it pans out. That's pretty much the reason why I'm playing this game. 
Yeah, for me it's that. I also I want to create like the perfect team. So I think you're right. Most of what my characters do is either just warrior or mage. But I, I also do have Balthier and to some degree Fran, who are my support characters. So they're they're both using ranged attacks, either the crossbow or the bow and arrow. So they're kind of hanging out in the back, doing a little bit of healing, a little bit of other magic, a little bit of damage. And I've actually got Balthier, I think, does the most damage out of anybody in my party. It's weird. I got him some crossbow. I upped all his physical attacks. And to some enemies, he's doing 1,200 damage per per bolt that he shoots. Fraun is like the slowest character in my team. But that Ulan or whatever, that one that uses the spears... She does some massive damage to guys. It's slow, but man, she hits hard. Yeah, I haven't got her a spear yet. See, I, I transferred Balthier from a knight to a archer, and I gave him bow and arrow. I got a bow and arrow that um has a chance to poison. Oh, nice. So he's actually helping too. So I don't know. I mean, like I got characters that do different things, but most of it revolve around have a guy run up and, and start hitting them and then have the mages keep my guys alive. And it's worked out so far. So do you... One thing that this game has set up for me that I expect would be one of the things I'd be chasing toward the end of the game is that I like how... Well, actually, I don't know if I like it, but it seems to me that the fact that I can see on the board what the various different spears are and which ones are better than the other ones, right? Like you've got Spears 8, Spears 10, Spears 12. So I can see all the way up to I've unlocked the ability to equip Zodiac Spear, which I guess is the best weapon in the game. So are do you have any drive to to set up and unlock and equip these best best weapons in the game? I mean, I guess if you don't need them, then there's no point in getting them. I, but I don't I, like unless I hit a brick wall. I don't see myself needing them. Yeah, I guess I don't know yet if I'll need them, but I, I do kind of like that it's it's there right now, tantalizing me. Hey, there, there it is. I mean, if you if you put the LP into it and you can figure out how to find the spear, or I mean, there's no crafting, so you're not going to make the spear, but somebody's got to sell the spear. You've got to find it somewhere. Yeah. Um, t- t- to me, that's a little bit of an incentive, assuming that the end bosses are going to be difficult and I should try to get this spear. I like the fact that my path to get it is already laid out in front of me if I choose to walk down that path. Alice, that's all up to you. I don't see the need. Don't know. We'll see, though. I mean, we're not done with this game by a long shot, but... Yeah. Still ways to go. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I assume we'll fight Vayne at some point. <laughs> Probably. At this point, yeah. He looks like the big bad guy. Yep. Anyway, well, that'll be it for us. I appreciate everybody listening. If you'd like to send us an email, it's drew at ztgd.com. You can follow us all on Twitter. I'm at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS. And the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Uh, yeah. I'm guessing probably two more episodes until. Yeah, so, 
So I guess it better click in the next one-ish episodes or else it's too late to... Yeah. That's what I'm guessing. It may be three. I don't know. It depends on how far we can make it. I'm going to be gone all weekend, so I won't be able to play that much. But we'll see. But, uh, yeah, that's it for us. Until next time, I am Drew. And I'm Vaughn. I mean, Matt. Oh, God. (laughs) What Way to ruin everything, Vaughn. (laughs) And uh, we're out of here. You guys have a great week. We'll be back with the continuation of the Zodiac Age. Thank you.